Welcome to the Service Intel Podcast from Aquant. We all know that the service industry is changing fast, and with that comes new challenges for service leaders to navigate. It also means there are new opportunities to build an even stronger service organization. This season, we're sitting down with top names in the industry who are rethinking what it means to provide great service. Sydney Lara, a Quant service principal, will be your guide through it all as we navigate what's next for the service industry. In today's episode, we have Lacey Giganti, Director of Post-Market Surveillance at Surgical and Medical Equipment Manufacturer Integra Life Sciences. With a degree in biomedical engineering, Lacey has spent her entire career in the highly regulated and fast-paced healthcare industry, first in hospital settings and then in an office setting. Those experiences taught her a whole lot about work-life balance in the service industry. She explores this topic in depth for our listeners in an episode that's packed with practical advice. We hope you enjoy today's episode, and now I'll pass things over to Sid. Very excited for today's conversation. Um, I think many of us talk about the topic, but today we're going to really deep dive into a thought leader, into how she has uh, embraced the topic of work-life balance, why it's important to her. Uh, But without further ado, please allow me to introduce our guest today, uh, Lacey Gigante. Hi, Sydney. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Could you could you please, uh, uh, Lacey, a brief introduction of uh, your role, uh, maybe your your past experience, and then uh, a little bit before we get into questions and answers, uh, why you're passionate about the topic we're about to talk talk about? Sure, of course. So, as as Sydney alluded to, I am currently a post market surveillance director at Integra Life Sciences. I've been in the medical device field for approximately 16 years now, and I started my career actually in the field. So uh, my background's in biomedical engineering. So right out of school, I was really excited to, to start working directly with hospitals, surgeons, and patients. And I was a, um, at the time, called a clinical specialist. So I would go into operating rooms and ensure that our capital equipment was working okay for the surgeon to use during the procedure. If there was any troubleshooting that needed to happen, I was that person. I eventually transitioned into more of a role that was focused with the patient. So I worked directly with the patients that were leveraging some of our medical device equipment. And then ultimately, I... um, decided that I would go back into an office setting and do more engineering work. And so that's when I transitioned to, um, many of you might know Stryker. I worked for Stryker for many years, and I started there as a post-market surveillance engineer, investigating complaints and really ensuring that the the quality and the safety of our devices was um, appropriate for the regulations that set out for the medical devices. Um, Fast forward, um, I am still doing post-market surveillance work, and um, as a leader of a a relatively large group, I love love every aspect of it, but mostly the opportunity to lead a group of individuals that I think um, have so much potential in in an industry that's highly regulated and fast-moving. There's so much potential to, to lead by example and influence positive change. 
So I'm excited for today's topic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lacey. Um, you know, when we when we first initially spoke, you know, we got on a topic, uh, kind of just scratching the surface. What 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 do we want to bring to our library? And uh, I don't I don't exactly remember how we came across it, but it became a it became evident uh, that you had wanted to kind of elaborate on the importance of work life balance. And as I said before, I think we all talk the game, but what does it mean? Right. You know, leaders sometimes just say we need to have good work life balance. So, you know, and as we got to that conversation, Lacey, you became very passionate about why it's critical, you know, from from being a parent to what you do for standards for yourself and what you think is important as a leader, not just to talk to game, talk the game, but to understand your workforce. Right. Those people with all that opportunity and development or, or, or promise. How do you ensure that what you believe is right, you try to instill into their work-life balance to help improve their level of, of, of quality of life, satisfaction with the job? So with that said, Lacey, could you kind of elaborate why you're so passionate on this topic? Sure. I, I It starts with the leader. It starts with us as leaders. We have to set the example for our team. And I think that we are moving in the right direction. There's a lot of talk about this. There's a lot of talk about just overall well-being. And, you know, health and wellness is a, is a separate passion of mine. And so I love that some of the, my world is colliding in, in some way. And being a leader means also setting the example for your team. So, yes, we talk about work-life balance pretty often. But what does that mean? And exactly. to me, it's it's a few things. It's setting boundaries, right? You know, I know for for me with two young kids at home, two and a half and five, I can't be responding to emails and answering um, calls on the weekends. That is not something that I will do, and I don't expect that from my team. That's you know, that's one example. But I also think that it's really important to connect and align with yourself and be intentional about how you lead, right? If you're totally scattered and feeling pulled in every different direction, something needs to be reassessed. So, you know, for me, something that I, I do every morning is try to connect with myself vertically, meaning that I'm connected with myself first and foremost, before I start getting pulled horizontally in every other direction. I feel grounded and that's important to me. And that is something that I do try to instill in my team as well. And that's a powerful one, Lacey. I really like that. Connecting with yourself. Can you elaborate? Are, are there any things that you do getting up in the morning before you turn on the, uh, to turn on the office emails uh, to give that assessment of yourself to make sure that you're fully grounded? Any, any, any tips you can provide? Sure, absolutely. And I'm smiling because I'm a work in progress. You know, I think all of us that are in the industry that we're in, we're, we're, we're high achievers and we are constantly on. And I think we have to, 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 to get real with ourselves that it's okay to be off and that's okay. And so for me, what I've started to recently do is I put my phone on airplane mode at night 
and I put it across the bed. So when the alarm goes off, I literally have to get up, go get it. I don't look at emails. I don't look at emails. I don't look at my phone, my personal emails or work emails when I get up. I used to do that. I am very guilty of that, Um, but I don't do that anymore. And now I actually do a five-minute meditation in the mornings to connect with myself and really find that groundedness before I start my day. I try to do this before my kids get up. I know if you're listening and you have young kids, this is almost impossible. My son is two and a half and I finally feel like I can do some of this. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's helpful. It, it's very helpful. I, you know, I make my coffee. I just try to get centered. Even if it's for 15 minutes, it helps me. Um, you know, I eventually I want to get to a longer practice, maybe say 30 minutes and, and really doing something for myself, but I'm not there yet. But I, I definitely think that that's an important step to creating a morning routine that gets you set up for success. That's awesome. Uh, and I'm smiling, listening, uh, because I'm, I'm guilty of it. And I'm sure everyone, most of us listening, especially when you talk about being a high, high achiever, we are so connected with technology that's inevitable in between commercials. While you're watching a movie, before you go to bed, you wake up, you grab that phone and you can get yourself scattered, as you said. And I really love what you shared there is what, what you're doing and what others could ideally do to ground yourself, right? Get yourself in a, in a clear mind, Get yourself stable before you get emotional because that can really set your day in the wrong direction, depending on what you're reading if you grab that phone immediately. So fantastic insight. Thank you so much. I also liked what you talked about setting boundaries, Lacey. Um, again, with this tech, you know, connected technology, it's it's we're we're addicted to these to these many phones, many computers in our in our hand. And expectations, unless you don't set a boundary. If you're that person answering on that weekend then, and the next weekend you were busy with your family, why didn't you answer? Someone could look at you negatively. So why don't you talk about a little bit what, you know, when you set boundaries as a leader and set expectations with your, with your team, um, what do you, what's a typical response you get from, from your teams? And, and, and do you ever see any, you know, f- people on your team kind of say, hey, I want to be available. I'll be available 24-7. And how do you counter those types of uh, individuals on your team? Oh, that's a good question. So I think I'll start with the, the last part that you just said. Yeah. How do, I, how do I manage someone who feels like they have to be on 24-7? Yep. Um, and you know, this happens. I can think of several examples of of this. And typically, these are individuals that feel um, that are fearing something. They're fearing that they're going to get in trouble, or they're not going to, they're going to upset somebody, or someone's going to be disappointed. And I think understanding what that fear is, if you do set that boundary, is, is the first step. And talking through that, you know, what is the fear if you set that boundary? Yeah, and very. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've had several of these conversations. And I think once you get past that and you understand that that fear might just be in you and that's something that, you know, we need to work through um, and they know that it's not something I expect as their leader, 
um, then then it's almost like we can start to talk through it and and work on a, a better boundary together. I love that, you know, because in business, inevitably, your team's going to cross other departments and other leaders may have a different mindset when it comes to this, right? So people on an adjacent team, um, and I love our, our salespeople, right? <laughs> uh, tend to be readily available and, and active and expect the same from you uh, or, your, or, or people on your team. So I really love what you said around understanding what that what that fear might be because I think that was super well said that why understanding why because it may be that they assume that's the expectation or everyone else in the business is doing it or if I don't do it I'm going to get in trouble so um, I love what you said about that understanding that and then setting the expectations and you know uh, well said again so I'm glad we're having this conversation yeah um, and, and, and go ahead oh. Sorry, Cindy. One thing I would add to, and I think it depends on the type of career you're in, right? So when I was in the field, I had to be available 24-7 because there was surgeries happening. And if a piece of equipment needed troubleshooting, I had to be available. Um, So I think it's also that too, understanding the role that you're in and understanding if it fits your values. If it doesn't, then you know, it, it's something to, to really think through. So I think that's important too, understanding what your values are. Yes. Thank you. Couldn't agree more. Um, Lacey, you know, it's, it's, I hate to say it. Um, when the pandemic hit, you know, we were talking weeks, months before we would get out of it. And here we are two plus years later um, dealing with it. So can you talk to me about, what you have seen as a result of remote working, um, you know, the pandemic impact, and are you seeing shifts in behaviors? Are you seeing because people are working from home, kind of like we talked about being available through emails, timing of emails, are you seeing behavioral changes as a result of the pandemic? And what are you doing to address these types of behaviors? Oh, I like this one. Okay. Well, I I do think that I've started to really hone in on the behavior changes for sure. Now that it's been about, what, two and a half years, Mm -hmm. I think in the beginning, everyone was, I think the first year it was still a transition for everybody. The second year, people started to think, wow, I kind of like this remote lifestyle. This is (laughs) great. There's so much flexibility. Um, You know, I I can tell you personally, I don't think I've ever worked harder in my life. And I think it's, it's mostly because I was home. I felt like I needed to do more. Um, And then on top of just having my family to take care of. So I think for me, it was really difficult. But now as we're starting to come out of it and we're starting to realize that some of the, the shifts are staying. So for example, remote working. I think that's a culture shift that that people and, and companies are starting to lean more into. What I'm noticing specifically is the virtual environment and sort of hiding behind a computer screen. What I'm trying to do with my team more is turn my camera on. There's nothing more powerful than being present. And unfortunately, I think we've lost some of that with this virtual environment and mm-hmm. people are, you know, hiding behind their their their, their computers per se. Yeah. Um, 
And I really want to shift back to being present and encouraging my team and anyone I'm on a call with to turn their computer, turn their camera on so that we can connect on a, on a deeper level, not just behind a phone call. Yeah. And, and that's a great piece of advice. I, I, I can admit that. Why do I need to be on a camera when it first happened? Um, and, and throughout these couple of years that you said, you want to see emotion. You want to see if participants are engaged. You want to see, you know, ideally that they're giving you attention or if they're speaking, you're giving them attention. You have that feedback as if you were in the office, right? So I completely agree. And I think that's another great piece of advice is while people may take advantage of being at home and maybe still in their PJs, right? Not, you know, with their head not groomed yet, right? It's important that if you're going to be at home, you need to be responsible as if you were at the office and, and conduct yourself accordingly, right? And I couldn't agree with you more with, with the live video feed that uh, it just brings a better sense of presence and engagement. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, Lacey. So, I, I really like your, your, your positioning uh, from yourself to your team. Um, and we talked about your style and what you advise your team, but in business, it's inevitable you talk with colleagues and, and their struggles or their successes within their team. Do you find yourself with your, with your mindset on, on work-life balance, being someone within the organization that people come to for advice or ask you what you're doing? And are you, do you find yourself influential making changes to colleagues doing best practices as what you shared with me earlier? Yes. So personally, I have, um, I, I, I take leadership very seriously and I believe that people come first. And so from an influential standpoint, yes, I would like to believe that I I'm an influential leader from that perspective. Of course, there's objectives and tasks that we have to get done, but it's important to be connected to your people on a, a deeper level than just objectives and tasks. So from that perspective, yes, I, I continue to be influential in that, in that perspective because I think it's incredibly important. Um, I also feel like I've been given an opportunity that allows me to be authentic and not just lead a, a group to achieve success, but also develop them as they grow in their career. And so that feels really authentic to me. And I hope that by doing so, I will continue to see a shift in the way we lead as leaders and these careers that people are are so indebted to and spend so many hours working, doing these things are careers that they truly love and feel fulfilled. So for, for me, it, you know, it is, it is a big deal and I take it very seriously and I, I hope to inspire other, other leaders and pave the, pave the path for, um, for much success. Yeah, and if there's a pinnacle point of our conversation uh, from a leader, you know, Lacey, really, really love what you said about the responsibility you have as a leader, 
right? Uh, to keep close touch on the development and success of your team um, resonated with me so well. I love that. I mean, that's a true leader that cares, right? That will build trust with the team because they know that you care about their well-being. So, yeah, thank you. Can, can you maybe, you know, maybe shift a little bit, Lacey, you know, maybe share with the audience that if you're not doing this, right, some of the impacts you may have seen negatively as well as positively, right? So when it comes to, as you said, in a, in a, in a highly regulated field, it's critical that the equipment and the folks working on it, you know, um, are optimized, right? And can you kind of share how do you pick up trends maybe in the field that are because of a, a negative work-life work -like balance and what you've done to address those and maybe a success story as well? I think it's important that, again, your employees and your, your people are taken care of and happy. When they're happy, they're going to be more attuned to the job that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And in our, in our world, that's so important from a compliance perspective, right? You have operators on the front line that are inspecting product before it goes out the door, making sure that everything is perfect before it goes into a patient. You know, if there's a morale issue or culturally there's, there's issues because you have maybe some micromanaging happening or there's no focus on the people and it's, it's all about the task. It, it can really introduce, you can have mistakes, right? There's mistakes that could happen um, because people don't feel connected to the job that they're doing. I, I, I believe that that is a true result of, of not focusing on your people. So, you know, and then from a positive perspective, I see this all the time when you have leaders that are well connected to their team, their production goes up, but their happiness goes up too. Right. Yeah. So even if you have a productive team, if they're unhappy, eventually that's going to die out. So maintaining that connection with your people, again, in my opinion, is one of the most the most critical things that you can do in order to keep them motivated, engaged so that those, that performance can sustain. So, you know, Sydney, I don't know if that totally answered your question, but um, I, yeah, I, it did, I think Lacey. that's very important. What, what I, if, if, if you can correct me if you will, but what I took away from that is, that trust relationship that you have with your team, right, will will flourish and keep people more motivated and more productive, as opposed to the opposite end of the spectrum. If you're task managing or micromanaging folks, you might make them productive through fear, <laughs> right? But right. the reality is they're not going to be happy, right? And that's going to be disruptive to your to your to your operations and, and turnover and unhappy employees. So another great point of distinction that again, great leadership. Uh, Lacey. So yeah, thank you. Um, anything that you want to share, if you have references where people who are looking to get more, you know, in tune with uh, engaging in best, better work-life uh, balance practices that they can reference or websites or anything of the nature? Sure. Yeah, there's a couple actually. Um, there's a, a program that 
I'm actually currently in right now, and it's um, driven by um, a woman named Julie Santiago, and she works with um, leaders and or, and or you know high achieving individuals, which we see so much of in our industry, and really breaking down the aspects of of work life balance or maintaining that um, that emotional intelligence that what you're doing feels good to you, right? And then a, a few other things I have are Brene Brown. I think everyone really, really likes her. She's got a new book out there called Atlas of the Heart. I haven't read it yet, but I'm dying to read it. It's a lot about emotions and feelings and managing that. I think when you get connected to that area of, of who you are, it allows you to navigate your day so much easier. So that's a good one. And then I listen to podcasts all the time. So naturally, I was so excited to, to do this with you guys. Um, but a few of them in our industry is Elemed. So there's a, a podcast called Elemed, which is focused on the medical device industry. And they bring in a lot of thought leaders. And it, it's, there's a lot of good content there. And then one last one I'll, tell, I'll leave you guys with is called The Happiness Lab. And this is by Dr. Lori Santos. And she has some, some really good topics there. And, it, you know, depending on where you are in your career, I, I think you could, you could gain a lot of insight by, by listening to that. Awesome. Great references that uh, we will add links to um, in, in summation uh, for this podcast. Lacey, I'd, I'd like to thank you for your time. I know your time is important. I had a wonderful conversation with you, excited. I felt the passion behind your, your, your answers, and I'm sure that uh, folks listening will enjoy this as well. So uh, before I go, I'll give the opportunity to say goodbye and any last words. Thank you. Thanks, Sydney. Thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's really nice to, to be on, on a platform encouraging some of this shift in leadership um, with kindness and compassion. So I really appreciate the opportunity and I'll look forward to connecting with you more in the future. So thanks so much. You're very welcome. And to all, thank you for your time. Till next time.